And I am Aware Now. Aware Now, the official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness one story at a time for the causes that tie us all together. Chief Meteorologist of ABC News, Ginger Z is a certified broadcast meteorologist. But don't you dare call her a weather girl. Ginger has done more than meteorology. In addition to greeting our nation with news of the weather every morning on Good Morning America, she danced with Val on Dancing with the Stars in answer to Alex on Jeopardy. Beyond this, she's a mother to Adrian and Miles, a wife to Ben, and a New York Times bestselling author who is an inspiration to millions as an advocate for mental health awareness. When did you first fall in love, Ginger? Now, fall in love with the science, the science of our atmosphere, climate, weather. Can you recall the moment that you decided that you wanted to become a meteorologist? Yes, it is a vivid memory being on Lake Michigan uh, when I was a child. Most kids don't get a chance to live at the lake, and I certainly had not before this particular summer in the late 80s. And it was after my parents divorced and my mom was dating our dentist, um, and he had a place on the lake. And I say that because it was really privilege and access that allowed me to have this vision and view of this you know, clear as day, you could see across this lake every morning. And it was this constant changing picture. And I remember being very fascinated by what I would see in the distance. And that was a very stormy summer. And I would see thunderstorms and sometimes they would come across the lake and come right at us and it would rain and the wind would be horrible. Sometimes they would go to the north of us, sometimes to the south. Sometimes the rain would die out before it even got to us. And I started realizing that not every storm was the same and the atmosphere seemed to have different components going together. And I realized it was a puzzle. And from that summer when I saw a water spout from one of those storms, I thought, this is a puzzle that I'm gonna to have to put together for the rest of my life because I am in love. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. <laughs> so I just got goosebumps right then because um, that's one amazing story. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so not only a meteorologist, you are also, Ginger, a mother. Mm -hmm. And weathering motherhood can be difficult, especially when it comes to a pandemic climate. I remember watching a few episodes of GMA where you were conducting science experiments in your kitchen, in your yard, um, at home with your boys, Adrian and Miles, and you so beautifully balanced your roles, wearing both hats of mother and meteorologist. For those who have many hats of their own to wear, what advice do you have for managing that balancing act? Well, that's the truth is every single person has so many parts of them and we are all so complex and we have, I mean, hundreds of hats, really, if you look at it. And um, I think that the first part is to give yourself grace that it's a lot to switch out those hats. It's a lot to, to figure out how much time you spend with one hat on versus the other. And I think after you've given yourself and others grace, my most important is not to think of the word balance, but to think of the word uh, focus. And so what I tend to do is say, where am I right now and what can I focus on and, and give my time and effort solely to that thing. 
I know we pride ourselves and I, I would also say I'm a pretty good multitasker, but I, from what I've learned from meditation and more, that doesn't always give you the best result. And so I use the word focus so that when I'm with my children, it's focused. When I'm at work, it's focused. And if I can keep that in the back of my head and make every moment as mindful as possible, that's where I really find uh, myself succeeding in those things more than I would have if I was trying to think of 10 other things at the same time. Right, right. Well, and that's um, incredible advice because you're right. We often pride ourselves on multitasking. Mm -hmm. and so it's like, how many things can I juggle at once? And, you know, that's not really where the success comes though. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. For sure. um, you know, so speaking about balance, that it is a requirement when it comes to your personal and your mm -hmm. professional life. It's also a necessity when it comes to the dance floor, but <laughs> it's not every day you are invited to take the stage with a two-time world Latin dance champion. Mm -hmm. But when that day with that invitation came for you to perform with Val Chmerkovsky in season 22 of Dancing with the Stars, I have a few questions. Hey. <laughs> First of all, I want to know what was your first initial reaction to this? Oh, it had been a long time coming. So when I got the chance to do it, finally, it was elation. I mean, just the idea that I would put, I love being uncomfortable. I got to tell you, um, whether it's chasing tornadoes or, you know, taking adventure, I love to live and I love to do things that are out of my comfort zone because it always ends up bringing me somewhere that I never could have expected. And I knew that dancing would be that. Speaking of balance, that was my biggest <laughs> issue is I had just had my baby. And so Adrian was six weeks old when I started practicing with Val. So I think as much as I was elated, I was also like, wow, right now, okay, <laughs> let's do it. A, a little a little extra trepidation because I had never had a postpartum body and a po you know, I, I didn't know what that would feel like. And it was certainly different than had I done it two years before when I had initially started talking with them. <laughs> right, right. Wow. Well, and so um, an another question for you with regard to the dancing bit is, um, what was your favorite song that you danced to? Ooh, I mean, favorite song versus the dance. I really, I'm a, I'm a Beauty and the Beast fanatic. So doing Belle and the remix of Belle, there's nothing that makes me happier in life. And and it's not like I'm, you know, glory dazing and watching back over and over. But I've shown my kids that one because I'm just so proud and I'm so. And they love Beauty and the Beast too. And it's such an iconic character and to be able to embody that and be a Disney princess, come on, who didn't want to do that? Why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you want to do that? Right. Um, you know, so, so, okay, so favorite song, but what about, what was your, I want to talk now about what was your favorite moment, your favorite moment on or off the stage with Val and just because there's always chemistry, right? And so I'm, I'm just curious to know, like, what was your one moment that you'll always remember? Oh, I will never forget when we did our Argentine tango, that was toward the end and, and I think I was finally learning to dance. He was such an incredible coach, but he is really tough. And had I had him as a coach five years before when I hadn't been through like a considerable amount of therapy to work on the core of my identity, I think I would have crumbled because it was it's very hard on your ego to know that you are not good at something. But his way of coaching, there were times where I was like, I get it. It's tough love. Like, like on the off the dance floor, he's the sweetest teddy bear of the best. He's our you know best friend. Our family still sees him and we're buddies forever. On the dance floor, 
he's hardcore. And we were doing our Argentine tango and I think he knew that this was gonna be a fantastic dance. I never knew what was gonna be good or not because I was still so new to it. And, and we had a rehearsal where I didn't make the lift or something went wrong and he was so frustrated and I was so mad at him for the way that he, so we both went away to our separate trailers and when, when that dance came and it was our time to do it, the 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 attitude of an Argentine tango is much more like strict and serene and 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 not like me. I'm Val would tell you I'm like a golden retriever. Like I'm very good for the jive because I'm like yes 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 yes. Uh, and that one needs to be more stunning, right? And I was pissed and he was pissed and that is a great face for the Argentine tango. And at the very beginning, we mess up but nobody would have known. We mess up what our little hand thing and I can see both of our faces look at each other and like, I, I'm gonna get you. And I'm gonna get you is apparently the best way to start an Argentine tango because then it turned out to be our best dance ever. <laughs> so that's one of those memories that I'll remember. And it's also a great kind of, you know, lesson in life is that even in those tough moments, mm -hmm. sometimes that's what it takes to get to the place that, feels so incredible and when we were done we were both laughing hysterically because we were like i cannot believe that just happened out of us being so frustrated with each other right. <laughs> so the blessing and the curse of that moment right and uh wow that's that's amazing um you know so from iconic dancers to legendary game show hosts you have danced and spoken with a variety of notable people when it comes to your appearance on Jeopardy with the great Alex Trebek, um, what impressed me most was your conversation in the post-game chat. So as you shared a story with Alex about how you prepared for using the buzzer by practicing with a tube from a toilet paper roll, just watching that banter between you, Alex, and the guests, it was raw, it was real, it was relatable. Mm -hmm. And Alex had a way of being genuine with everything he said and did. You, Ginger, do this as well. Um, have you always been this mm -hmm. comfortable with showing up as your authentic self on and off the stage? No, I, I would say it's the highest honor to be at all in the same room, yet let alone related to Alex Trebek in some some capacity. So I have to say that because he's someone, if someone asked me, you know, who would you want to emulate or who would you want to have a, a, a brand like, you know, it's him because that wasn't branded. That was just him. He was incredibly charismatic. He walked in a room and it was magnetism and it wasn't because he was wooing you or that he he just was and he he was such a special man so that to be able to have that genuine moment with him was very special i think i was in a better place by then if you would have caught me in the mid 2000s or prior to that i think i would have not been able to be my authentic self most of us have a long time journey with finding our identity some people with a little bit more stress than others and mine has been a long one and so I've been really lucky to have access to fantastic therapy and wonderful family support and it's really gotten me to this place where I have found the core of who I am and I finally found the approval that most people are looking for I found it in me and that is what has allowed me to finally release and shed any mask or any other thing that I've been was wearing like most people do a lot of you know from our teen years on it's hard unless you've been raised 
by people who are expert at psychology. Right. Um, it's hard for almost everyone mm -hmm. um, to, to even know who you are, let alone to be able to authentically translate that and feel comfortable translating that. I think it's a lifelong journey. I don't think I'm 100% there, but I think that I've gotten so close and I'm really giving it all because I've seen and I've been another layer of privilege that I've seen what it feels like for people to hate me and for people to love me. And then to realize it doesn't really matter because mm -hmm. the only one I have to turn around and look at is is me. And that's where I have to find the love and the, and, and the adoration and all of those things that a lot of us try to look elsewhere for. So I'm, you know, I always say I'm so grateful for like mean tweets and because they gave me the first line of defense to figure out who I was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. So it's finding that strength in that adversity um, mm -hmm. and using that to, to grow. Um, you know, so the intro, I want to get to your book, the, the introduction of your new book, A Little Closer to Home, and referencing your deep, dark secrets mm -hmm. shared in your previous book and bestseller, Natural Disaster, you say this, these secrets are my secret weapons. I mean, just two minutes into your audiobook, which I love that you narrated. You. I found that statement so powerful because after all, secrets are used to conceal, mm -hmm. but secret weapons are used to reveal strengths. So my question for you is what steps are required to convert our secrets to secret weapons? What when it comes to our secrets, mm -hmm. how do we stop hiding and start healing? Yeah. Well, the first part is grace. It is realizing that grace for ourselves and for others, because judgment is one of the most natural things in being a human. It is who we are. Uh, being really ready to attack that part and being first honest with yourself. And that's the part that I always like drone on and on about, but that was the hardest part for me was being honest with myself because most of those secrets were actually trauma. And I thought in my previous non-therapy life that you could delete trauma by running away from it, by blocking it. And a lot of people do that. Um, you can't delete trauma and that needs to be accepted. It's the same thing as you hear is like, the first step is saying, I have a problem or mm -hmm. I had a trauma. Okay, now we've identified it and put a word to it, whatever that trauma is, and everybody's different, but how we heal from it or how we go through the journey of healing that is usually lifelong, that's pretty similar in a lot of these. And so I, I think that's what I started by doing is honesty with myself, not deleting it, but processing it. And once you process it, it reduces the amount of stress that it causes you. And so that's the goal is to get to a place, not of happiness and joy and rainbows every day, but of peace, of peace with accepting that no matter what trauma is inevitable, uh, bad is inevitable, frustrated is inevitable. I've been sad, happy, um, definitely frustrated, uh, super excited. I've been all of those things and it's 1043 AM. And so now knowing that that is what it's supposed to feel like and knowing that all of those feelings are supposed to be there when those feelings come, because that's what they are as emotions. I say, okay, well, that's very nice. Next, you know, and you can revel in the good stuff and you can kind of, if, if, if the bad stuff is going to bother you a year from now, or it's a big, big, big deal. Of course, let it suck and let it be. But I've gotten really much better at processing even in the moment and, and being able to go through rather than pushing to the side. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
Well, and, and that's that's great advice. And but like you say, that we are lifelong learners in this regard, yeah. right? And so it's one thing. Oh well, Ginger's right. That's exactly what we do. But it does take time. But going back and to your first point, right? It's a process. But to your first point, to say, but that's where the grace comes in, and mm. to allow yourself to give you that space that you need. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so there's something I wanted to share with you. Um, I don't write books. I do write poems. And one I crafted is actually a version of a tongue twister, Weather the Weather. And it made me think of you. And uh, so it goes like this. Weather the weather, whatever the weather, whatever the weather may be, it's the only way you'll be able to say that you gave it all that you've got. And that is saying a lot. So that is a very tongue twisty way to simply Love say that, <laughs> <laughs> that even when things seem like they are too tough mm -hmm. that doing your best is enough mm -hmm. so question and I, I think you you alluded to this earlier but you know this is hard for many of us to believe and with mm -hmm. all the storms that you have weathered in your life ginger from narcolepsy to depression when is it how is it that you believed that you that your best was enough Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know that it, I'll never be 100% there, but what I was fortunate enough to be privy to is the unique uh, place in life where I have shown up after every natural disaster. I mean, from Katrina on, I have seen how humans grieve after disaster. And a tornado, a wildfire, a flood, they act the same. And I've been able to be there and watch how people process. What's interesting about disaster is you can't miss it. So you can't block it or hide it. Your home is gone, right? The tornado took your home. It also took your neighbor's home. So there's immediately community and the visual. So people are able to pretty much drive through that. I'm not gonna block it, gotta process it now because every time you look over, the house is still gone and you can't fake your brain into thinking that it's not. Actually in the first couple hours, people often do though. It's very odd. It's like a shock mechanism. They'll be looking for the keys to their car. Their car is like in their neighbor's house. <laughs> it's like your, your car's not. So once they get over that, they're usually pretty good about being able to do that. They immediately know that they're a part of a community and that starts the healing fast. I mean, sometimes within the day, the next day, uh, they, they then go through the anger and the frustrations of how is the insurance going to work and what are we going to do? And usually within the week, they come to this place of how do we help each other? And that's unbelievable. If we could do that with mental health traumas or crisis with ones that we can't see, the first step is telling someone is saying, and that's what I realized and what I'm really good at now, is immediately when something happens, they didn't know a tornado just happened to me. I have to tell somebody a tornado just happened to me. And we need to go around life, and you've seen this everywhere in memes and beyond, is you don't know what tornado that person went through this morning. You have no idea. So either ask or treat them with enough grace that you just anticipate that it's not been, uh, it's been a very stormy morning, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think those are the steps that we can start to take and think about because it's, it's really, you hear in a news story the cliche of like then the community came together and they're helping each other it's like i hate it's so true and you know why they do that because they get to process it quickly and they get to move through it doesn't mean that the tornado never took their home it did and it will affect them forever but they're able to accept it quicker 
they're able to reach out and get help. They then have community, other people in their community that say, oh, you know who I got help with the insurance? This person, you know who I got? And we're really good when it's when, when mother nature's the bad guy. When somebody else or ourselves is the mistake maker or the disaster maker, we are not graceful. People let mother nature go so fast. They're like, yeah, well, it was a tornado. It's like, first of all, <laughs> forecast it. Second of all, you know, like that's, but that's, that's what we, if we could treat ourselves with the grace that we give mother nature, that'd be special. Mm, wow. What an incredible comparison. I never looked at it yeah. quite that way to that extent. Um, yeah. So let no one ever say ginger, the weather girl, because there is so much, um, that you, that you have and that you give on the daily, um, whether you realize you're doing it or not, just showing up, there's so much that you give and so much of that is received. And for that, we thank you. Thank you. Um, I guess, I don't know. I just, I can't thank you. Speaking of being enough, I can't thank you enough for taking this time to speak with us, to share your bit more of your story and for helping all of us become a bit more aware now. Thank you so much, Ginger. Thank you. Tune into our podcast, subscribe to our magazine, find us and join us online. Visit IamAwareNow.com. We will no longer wait for permission to change the world. Together, we are aware now.